0: Good afternoon from Sydney, Australia, Friday, the 1st of February 2013. We're already in the second month of 2013. Welcome to it. You're listening to the It's a Monkey Podcast, episode number 12. And we have a terrific show lined up for you. Uh, We're going to be talking about all things Vine, the new Twitter um, short form video app. We're going to be talking about some of the really big news that's come out of Facebook and Apple and Amazon we've got all of that coming up but first we've got a bit of a breaking news story we're actually going to go live to san francisco where the crunchies awards are happening the crunchies is a bit of an industry event i would stop short of calling it the um, academy awards for the tech industry james what do you think um yeah
1: it's definitely one of the the major awards it's definitely uh, probably a highlight of the the startup calendar um
0: so look i I guess for lack of any other equivalent event, we can call it the Academy Awards of the tech industry. And we've actually, Um, have a correspondent there at the awards ceremony so we are going to be crossing to her shortly and then um, we'll get back into it thanks very much for all the responses for episode number 11 the phil liban interview we got a terrific response and we now have a whole heap of bunch of new listeners so welcome to it if you are the first or second time listening to the it's a monkey podcast tweet us email us Um, comments. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, But right now, let's cross to Maria Motomeri, who's the product marketing manager at Inmobi, a company based in San Francisco, and she's at the Crunchy Awards. So let's cross to her live now. I am very excited to say that live on the line um, from sydney to san francisco the bay area we have someone at the crunchy awards now the crunchy awards are a little bit of the who's who it's a big sort of gala event in san francisco we'll find out a little bit more about it in a moment but on the line we have one of our famous correspondents miriam mutamedi who's the product marketing manager at InMobi, which is a mobile advertising company in the bay area and she's been at the crunchy uh, awards miriam thanks for, very much for joining us
2: Thanks so much for having me, Kev.
0: So t- tell us very briefly what are the Crunchies about first.
2: So the, cr- the Crunchies are technology and innovation awards that are annual. This is the this is the sixth annual Crunchies. It's um, usually sponsored by Yahoo. Uh, also this year by GigaOm Tech TechCrunch of course is you know the main sponsor and VentureBeat. Uh, and it's usually in San Francisco. Right now I'm at the Davies Symphony Hall in downtown San Francisco. It's very lovely.
0: And I've been following my tweet stream and all the, the big names are there. I saw um, some of the Twitter investors, George Zachary, who's a very famous VC. He's there. I saw um, Marissa Mayer's there. Tell us a little bit about the vibe and 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 who who have you spotted so far? Well, actually,
2: yeah, everybody's here. So Marissa Mayer kicked it off. She's wearing a lovely dress. And she actually, it was just really funny because she, she, you know, uh, Young just had great earnings, and everybody was surprised and happy. And so during her introduction, she sort of pitched for more engineers, designers, and product managers. So that was kind of funny. And then, um, yeah, so it's all the categories, you know, best technology achievement, best design, best startup, all these guys, they all went up there. Everybody in the room is there, and there's a lot of cheers because we're all pretty much users of all the technology. So so it's, it's a really good, exciting vibe.
0: And it's interesting you mentioned Marissa Mayer's dress because George Zachary, um, who's that very successful VC guy I spoke about, he actually tweeted that this is the smartest event in terms of dress in San Francisco because, of course, San Francisco is very much known to be a very dressed-down, casual environment. But it sounds like the crunchies is slightly different. Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: There are people coming out in gowns to present the awards, and everyone's dressed up in the audience. Of course, there are a lot of hoodies still. Um, but, you know, but yeah, we have a nice mix here. Everyone looks good.
0: So, so, tell us just briefly about some of the categories and some of the winners.
2: Okay, yeah. So, um, so the winners, some of them were very surprising. I think it's also because the, um, the, the voters are really users, so they, they sometimes don't represent the whole world. I, and um, actually, it was a big point made by the guy sitting next to me, uh, Tim Bradshaw of the Financial Times. Um, he made a comment saying, you know, every time we got uh, surprised that someone won that we didn't think would win, that, you know, most of the voters are tech people, techies. So um, so for, like, for example, for Best Collaborative con- Consumption, Airbnb won, which was no surprise. So that was a nice one. Um, for Best International Startup, I was actually sad that Nmovi didn't get um, nominated because we're headquartered out of India. So we're... We're huge and we've grown so much in the past few years, so um, it would have been cool to be nominated, but um, SoundCloud won, which I was really excited about.
0: And they're, of course, I think uh, based like, in Berlin, aren't they?
2: Sorry, SoundCloud? Um, I think they might be based out of Sweden, I'm not sure. The guy who, the, the, I think the founder who accepted it was, was dressed very, um, I guess, European-style, Swedishy. y so <laughs> I think he's from Sweden.
0: I think, I think he may be one of these um, cosmopolitan people that have a few nationalities, but I'll double-check it. Um, actually, I'm sitting here with James because we are live. So, J- James, just have a quick look with SoundCloud. Tell tell us some of the other categories. Uh,
2: some of the other categories, for us see. So, we have Best Overall Startup of 2012. Um, actually, I don't know if I, I saw that one. I think I stepped out of that. But I know Fab 1 for Best e-commerce Applications. Um, Best mobile app was Google Maps and the team was it, sitting in front of me. They were very excited. They all ran up. Um, fast surprising startup was Snapchat and that was actually surprising just because uh, Pinterest was, was also nominated and they didn't win. And best educational startup was Code Academy and and it was cool because the, the accepting person was an, a user, not one of the founders or anyone who worked for the company. She was a user. and She told her story about how she learned to code and She's actually buying to be a product manager now, so
0: it's pretty. It a nice touching speech. And the world knows we need as many coders as we can get. It's really a lot of a lot of our businesses are struggling to scale because of the human, uh, the human bottleneck. So, Code Academy, if, if if they impact that in any way, it's always a good thing.
2: Oh, that's
0: good. Yeah. I see. Uh, Dropbox was the best overall startup two thousand. Oh, that was two thousand and twelve. I'm a year behind. Yeah. So that drop, Dropbox yeah. won that last year. Um, I can't quite see what the 2013 um,
2: best start was. Well, actually, Box won this time, but not for not for that category. But Box just won for Sexiest Enterprise Startup. And um, I'm, I'm blanking on the founder's name, but he's hilarious. He made a very, very funny speech. It was short and funny. And he thanked his mom for always believing in cloud computing.
0: That's, <laughs> thanks his mom for always believing in cloud computing yeah, that's um, <laughs> yeah, yeah only, only in the bay area I, I, you know when i was on that trip where where i contacted with um, um connected with you a few a few months ago um i had a bit of a bizarre chat in the cabbie in san francisco and it was a a female cabbie and i landed up chatting to her about apis you know and that oh, wow. ju- and that just really made me smile because you know when people say well you know you know, tech really runs through the veins of of San Francisco and the Valley. You really don't realize it until you have interactions like that, where it's you know, where else in the world with with a cabbie can you talk about APIs? And she had some really interesting insights. And we're talking about the Twitter APIs and the ecosystem, and it, <laughs> it was it was quite surreal, I have to say. So it doesn't surprise me that a mum in the Bay Area um, would would be on top of cloud computing. <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely.
0: Yeah, James. Um, James, my co-presenter, yeah, has just confirmed. Yeah, SoundCloud is out of Berlin. So, oh, he's out of Berlin. But,
2: okay. Um, yeah.
0: So, uh, Miriam, give us a, a quick snapshot. Bay Area um, at the moment, the tech scene, um, anything anything bubbling around that we should be aware of in general? I mean, is mobile still so hot? Um, I know Uber and Lyft, I know the, the, the Lyft services there are, are really hot. Is there anything else sexy that we haven't quite heard about yet? Hmm, I'm not sure what hasn't made
2: its way to Australia yet, but I think... Um well, there's always things going on. I mean, of course, you know about three D printing. It's a big, it's a big big thing. But I just wanted to also mention that the best hardware startup was MakerBot, and it was funny because the guy, the um, founder who uh, accepted the the award, was wearing a bow tie that was printed on three D, and you could tell him it was plastic. It, it, it was awesome that he was using his own uh, product, but um. In terms of what's happening, there's always something happening here. So everyone has some sort of side gig happening. There are people inventing things. Everywhere you go, like you said, the cabbie will talk to you about an API. Um, yeah, I got a ride here from one of these share economy types. Um, I just I to give them a shout-out from Lyft. They're pretty awesome, and they're, they're spreading all over. They're actually, I think they're opening up like sixty more uh or something this year so that's spreading and the good thing is I mean I'm from Los Angeles so I've been in the Bay Area six months I've been really entrenched in, in technology for the past eight years or so out of LA but being here I mean most of my conversations uh, revolve around apps and APIs and mobile and it's not necessarily because uh, I'm at work I mean just, it just happens you talk about that at coffee shops and restaurants and things so It's nice to be in that vibe. And a lot of things are happening and spreading to other cities as well. So lately I've been seeing a lot of people moving down from Seattle, just randomly meeting people from Seattle who have startups here. Also, another startup that I just met recently that I really, really like is Garly, B-A-A-R-L-Y. They're awesome. check them out. Hopefully they'll spread to Australia too.
0: We've actually had Uber that have started in Australia. We've had Braintree that have started in Australia. Um, Twitter are opening an office in Australia. Rumor has it they are on the hunt for CEO of Twitter Australia. So um, we may be a, a long way away, but uh, but uh, we're bubbling around here as well. Oh, good.
2: That's so good enough.
0: Well, uh, Miriam, who's uh, the product marketing manager of InMobi, I really appreciate joining us live on the It's a Monkey podcast. Maybe we'll we'll cross to you if you land up at anywhere else. Interesting. It's nice to get a little bit of the the injection of the energy from uh, the Bay Area. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Thank
2: you so much for having me on. I listen to your podcast. It's very interesting. So, that, thank
0: you. Thanks, Miriam. Enjoy the rest of the night. Okay. Bye. Bye.
3: The It's a Monkey Podcast is brought to you by ManageFlitter. With ManageFlitter, you can easily find out who isn't following you back, find new people to follow, track keywords on Twitter, and schedule tweets for the most appropriate times. Tweet code Monkey2 at ManageFlitter to receive a one-month free Budgie account.
0: So, James, these awards are nice. I mean, we've both been to TechCrunch numerous times and uh, they, yeah. they, they, they can get quite, uh, quite, a nice, quite a nice pioneering and exciting atmosphere.
1: At yeah, it's great, great to have so many people in the, in the same place. I think you can tell from, uh, from the excitement uh, that Miriam had that, uh, yeah, they're, they're quite invigorating uh, to be there and have so many sort of like-minded people in the same place
0: i think also if you look at these events you know if you look at they have reps from google facebook twitter dropbox all the vc funds if if you look at the impact on the world um in terms of at least technology and web technology it's it's pretty much a concentrated group of people that are having a massive net effect in the world
1: absolutely yeah it's uh there's there's a there's a great density of talent there you know having people like uh, Marissa May are up on stage and uh, all these kind of icons of the tech industry all coming together it's uh it's uh yeah it's a huge huge uh, huge influx of talent into the into the one place
0: i heard she's a very challenging person to work for mm-hmm. i heard she's a she's a, a which i think most smart capable people are probably like you know Steve Jobs and yeah you know, all, all the rest. I heard, I heard she drives a hard bargain.
1: <laughs> Strong personality.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of impact, some, some Facebook numbers that came out this week, um, of course it was, um, you know, some of their earnings calls, etc. And they've, they've released some numbers and they continue, they continue to astound. Um, 618 million people a day using the network. Wow, 680
1: million a day.
0: That's I believe incredible. that's about 10 percent of the world's population using Facebook every day.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. If you in in the breakdown, it's actually fairly evenly spread between sort of US, in uh, Canada, Europe, Asia, and then the rest of the world into into one big uh, one big slot. I mean, there's obviously not a uh, obviously uh, China and um, some other elements of the larger population centers probably be underrepresented on yeah. on facebook but it's still a fairly even like it's not uh, it's not as u.s dominated as as i suspect uh, you know t- twitter is and a lot of the other major social networks
0: well i think these days i mean even even google i think about 50 percent of their revenues u.s 50 percent rest of the world yeah i mean yeah. you know the the u.s still makes up a rest of the world equivalent um but, yeah, look, I mean, those numbers are astounding. I mean, you know, at, at, at Managed Flutter, we're very proud that we have, you know, heading on to 1.5 million users. I think it's about 1.3 million in total. I mean, they're having 600 million a day. So, you know, it. it I, I think it's very easy for people to just get lost in the significance mm. of that. But it is incredibly significant that there is a technology network um you know that that has that penetration. I'd be interested to know how many people make a phone call every day. Yeah, whether um, it's higher
1: or lower than that number. Mm, or competitive with
0: on mm. um, well, the number of people that watch TV every day. It would be, but in terms of the speed of penetration, I mean, Facebook. Actually, this month, I believe. Do you know how old Facebook is? Nope. This month, it's their birthday. This month, apparently. Yeah, how old is it? Guess. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh gee, must be must be quite a while now.
0: Eight years, maybe close nine. Oh, okay. so Facebook's well. the ninth birthday this year. Wow,
1: yeah, and it doesn't doesn't really seem that long until you think about it. Like, because it definitely had all those years in in relative obscurity. I think because it was you know I had a good three years for it even started sort of getting on anybody's radar. I mm. think so.
0: Yeah, and now, and now our grandmothers use it, <laughs> which is, yep. which is you know, and everything starts out as a toy, and Facebook starts out as a toy, and what's interesting is with this Vine, which we'll talk about a little bit later, the Twitter um, app for the short-form videos, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's a gimmick, it's a toy, and so many technologies mm-hmm. start out as a gimmick as a toy. I bet you even... Um, Alexander Graham Bell with the telephone and Thomas Edison, you know, yep. when they bring up the light bulb. it's It's got a cool factor and it's funky, but it looks like a toy, right?
1: Yeah, I'm sure people told them to stop wasting their time on that kind of stuff.
0: Exactly, and it takes time until until it sort of meet, meets the real world, you know, use yeah. cases, etc. So, you know, Facebook, like everything else, started as a toy. Let's have a look at just some... Some quick other numbers on Facebook. I'll post a great link to Business Insider that had some, some summary. Monthly active users, um, just over 1 billion people using it a month. Um, the revenue, of course, which is, is what it really comes down to at the end of the day. 2012, calendar year 2012, over 5 billion. Yeah, revenue. crazy. Definitely um, making their money now. <laughs> 2011, 3.7 billion, and 2010, 1.9 billion. Now that is massive growth. Mm. That is, and and from a pretty high revenue base as yeah. well. Um, of course, Google's turn turns over about ten times that, about fifty billion. Yeah,
1: it's it's quite interesting to see that breakdown. So they've all they've got um, almost uh, almost a billions coming through uh, payments now. So it's up to eight hundred and ten million
0: yeah that's interesting. that's a good point. So advertising is still what about 80 yeah. percent? and then payments and other fees. now would that be taking cuts out of um, virtual goods or M-
1: must be everything that's not uh, there's not, that's that's not advertising. advertising, so it's all of their credit system, all those components. I mean if you look at the growth on that, that's almost almost doubled, whereas advertising has only gone up by probably about 20 percent.
0: I'd be interested to know. It's a shame they don't. I'd be interested to see actually if they do give a breakdown of what that is. I mean, that's a, that's eight hundred and ten million dollars. That's a that's a nearly one billion. Mm. So that's actually nearly twenty percent, twenty five percent. I should it's say. Almost, um,
1: yeah. It's almost, uh, it's almost half of their two thousand and ten revenue. So if um, that growth continues, it will over be overtaking ad ad revenue <laughs> in probably about two years.
0: Average revenue per user, five dollars thirty-two. I don't know if that's per month or per year. That's that's per year. Per year. Five dollars thirty-two per user per year. So once things get to scale, you only need a tiny fraction of revenue per user.
1: Well Google's revenue is thirty dollars per user per year.
0: That's pretty high. Yeah. For yeah. such a such a massive user base. Um, expenses. Let's have a look at that. Let's see, there was some other... Yeah, capital investments were quite interesting as well. They've spent $1.2 billion on property and equipment. Now, I would imagine most of that is actually equipment servers and data mm, centers. Building and, out their yeah, infrastructure. Um, so so that's quite a chunk as well, $1.2 billion. Headcount was interesting as well. They've gone from 3200 in 2011 to 4600 and nineteen in two thousand and twelve, and in two thousand and nine they only had one thousand two hundred and eighteen hmm. but even but even at you know four thousand six hundred and nineteen.
1: It's still pretty tiny.
0: It's tiny. I mean, if you think about something that's used by ten percent of the population every day, mm. you know, I know some insurance companies, like in countries like South Africa, that have staff of a hundred, two hundred thousand people. Yeah. That you wouldn't have even heard of, you know, that they they, the, the scale and leverage of technology is just yeah, definitely. It's just. I mean, incredible. I think
1: Google's like is a hundred
0: thousand or something. Yeah, it's I think pretty pretty, about, pretty big now. Yeah, it's pretty big now. Yeah, I mean,
1: Apple's yeah. probably in the same sort of ballpark. So four under 5,000 is definitely definitely a tiny company considering the impact it has.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that's Facebook. We'll put a link to the business insider article. Um, are you are you bullish on the shares? I mean the shares have been holding around 30 to 31 hmm. dollars. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's probably still yeah, I'll, I'll wait to see how uh, Facebook's social search thing pans out for for. But then it's going to be too out. late, James. <laughs> You just gotta keep paying attention,
0: so you sort of you still gotta be the first one to know if it's going well or not. I'm still bullish. I've still got I've got a few shares just to just yeah. to play with it. But I, I got in at twenty seven dollars. Okay. So I'm I'm a little bit ahead. But yeah. but I'm I'm bullish. What what did it what did it launch it again? Thirty-seven. Okay. But it came getting all the way on. down to twenty or twenty-one, I yeah. think. Yeah. So it's getting back up there. It's um yeah, it's creeping back up there. Talking stock <gasps> As well, Amazon and Apple also came out with their earnings. Now, there was a really interesting phenomenon, um, and this is the stock market for you, particularly you know the, the Valley and Nasdaq, etc. Um, Amazon reported earnings, you know, profits was down, and their stock spiked up. And Apple reported record record earnings, and their stock came down. <laughs>
1: That's a bit of a, a bit of a crazy situation.
0: bit of a crazy situation, but I think it also shows that the markets are actually more intelligent than you know people always say the markets are short term and they you know they're irrational and and things like that. But it might actually be representative that the markets are actually understanding mm. the bigger picture around what's going on with these two stocks. And I mean let's let's draw down quickly into these two stocks. Um, I mean, Apple, of course, had a very charismatic leader, which is good in one sense because it differentiates and that leader adds so much value. But it's bad because there's a lot of risk in one person. And unfortunately, Steve Jobs died from so from that perspective alone. <laughs> um, but Apple's also in the game of gadgets and it's also in the game of hardware. Mm. And to keep innovating in gadgets and hardware, you know, it's a very cyclical. I mean, there's a lot of talk that they, they end at the end of a cycle. I mean, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. They're going to have to have to bring out something new to compete. Um, I mean, if you look at the Android sales, they're definitely losing that market share pretty rapidly. So they definitely are losing uh, relevance. You know, you just have to look at the sales figures. So, um, yeah, def, definitely, definitely a lot of risk there.
0: I think you know the hardware game. I've I've always been amazed that Apple have pulled off the hardware game because to the supply chain involved in that alone is just mm. you know a, a crazy animal. I mean, it, it means that there's higher barriers to entry and there's a lot more points of innovation, but it also means that that you're exposed in all sorts of crazy ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very very competitive and it's very hard to hard to maintain a position.
0: Um, Amazon on the other hand it's interesting to look at Amazon and why they um you know they spiked of course they got the cloud computing side of things which a lot of people are saying is just the early days
1: mm yeah um yeah i think i think that's probably where a lot of the the trust in in amazon comes from um i, I mean they're definitely building up uh The infrastructure for the web, in many ways, so many services are built on top of what they've built, and uh, not only do they do they own a lot of the online retail, they own a lot of that they're invested in many, many other other services. The success of other services, uh, many other web services, drives their own success. Um, I mean, even even our products, some of our products are put on their services, and obviously, the more successful our products become, the more we're going to pay Amazon to to. Uh, to, to run them So um, yeah If if the web continues to be successful Then, then Amazon's got a lot of long term growth
0: And e-commerce Especially if you've got a branded e-commerce store Like Amazon It's not cyclical in the same way That the gadgets are cyclical I mean people are always going to buy online and They've got a massive base of a diversity of products mm. You know Apple has been quite remarkable In how they've extracted so much profit Just from so few products Yeah absolutely yeah so Amazon's position that way there. Amazon's also has a very low profit margin, but it's increasing whereas Amazon whereas Apple has traditionally have a very high margin. Mm. That's been coming down. Yeah,
1: it's more competitors come on, yeah.
0: It's more competitive. So they it's it's really interesting um it's really interesting to sort of compare the two stocks um on that side of things. So um be interesting. I don't own any of those stocks. Um I've never I've never been keen on owning Apple stock. It's just it's just always seemed like like a risky cultish sort of stock to me. I've just never been never mm-hmm. been bullish on that stock.
1: Yeah, and it's it's always been so high as well that it's so it's so hard to justify it. Something like Amazon, I would definitely I'd be much more willing to put money on than, than Apple at this point.
0: And I think particularly we understand the cloud and we understand the the, the significant impact. Um, a lot of my friends, particularly in the States, that have bought Apple stock, a lot of them have bought it because they just love their products, mm. which can be a bit of a trap. Yeah,
1: not necessarily a great great reason to buy, buy <laughs> stock in the company. <laughs> no,
0: not necessarily a great reason. So it'll be interesting to follow um, these stocks and to see... To see what's going on. So, as always, interesting times in our industry. You're listening to Kevin Garber and James Peter on the It's a Monkey podcast. Um, please tweet us, email us, comment. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking with the content marketing manager of Vine. And we'll be talking, uh, sorry, um, the content marketing manager of Marketing Profs. Um, He's also the co-founder of Clicks.com. And we're going to be talking with her um, about Vine, and I will just pull up um, my notes. Um, James, you got an iPhone. Vine's only been released for iPhone. Have mm-hmm. you have you had a play with it yet?
1: Yeah, I have had a play with it. Um, just uh, just last Friday, I think it was, when we were down at the down at the pub, I had a quick put put together a quick uh, Vine video, and yeah, it's kind of kind of an interesting experience. It's, uh, it's defined by its, uh, by its limitations, Look like Twitter is in in many ways.
0: Well, when I, a, f- a few days after Vine came out, I saw a terrific article um, tweeted out by Anne Handley, who's the head of content at Marketing Profs. Um, and the interesting thing, if you're listening and you want to find out the secret behind a verified Twitter account, we get asked that a lot on Managed Days you know, can you get our account verified? You know, that's that little tick next to the account that's just landed up being a status symbol. Um, Anne Handley has a verified Twitter account and it was quite interesting. Um, I won't give much away, but I spoke to her a couple of days ago. She'll reveal how it actually happened that she got a verified Twitter account. So um, let's... um, We're going to go to a short break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to Anne um, about Vines. So uh, stay with us on It's a Monkey podcast.
3: The It's a Monkey podcast is brought to you by ManageFlitter. With ManageFlitter, you can easily find out who isn't following you back, find new people to follow, track keywords on Twitter, and schedule tweets for the most appropriate times. Tweet code MONKEY2. At ManageFlitter, to receive a one-month free Budgie account.
0: You're back with Kevin Garber on the It's a Monkey podcast. Thanks for joining us. And if you're a Twitter user, no doubtably you are. And you know that we love Twitter. We've built um, a, a product around it, one of our um, popular products, Manage Flitter. So we're all on top of Twitter. And about a few days ago, Twitter launched a a feature. It's a little bit more than a feature. It's it's, um, almost a mini product. They acquired a company and they embedded the product, which takes a six-second video clip. I think this is a game changer. And when I was browsing uh, my Twitter stream yesterday, an article popped up. Someone who also thinks it's a game changer, and I'm happy to have at the end of the line in Boston, Anne Handley, who's the Chief Content Officer of Marketing Profs. And also, interestingly, Anne, I saw that you are the co-founder or were the co-founder of Clicks.com.
4: Yes, exactly, I was.
0: I remember that fondly. That was more of a .com type of um, yep. content site, and, it, and it's um, had a really high profile and a really excellent reputation.
4: Yeah, actually, I mean, uh, it was we founded it in 1997. I was the co-founder, and you know, back in the day, uh, so over a decade ago now, I can hardly believe that. As I say it, but um, it was one of the first channels for online marketing news you know so this is back in an age when a website was no more than a brochure so yeah it was um it was a good time and it was definitely part of that whole dot com later became dot bomb um (laughs) era but uh but it was it was a fun business and and a good time
0: i remember that site fondly let's get on to twitter and vine you published a really interesting article yesterday i see um you believe it's a game changer too
4: Yeah, I totally do. Um, You know, as I I mentioned yesterday, I wrote a book about content marketing called Content Rules. So as part of my job and and kind of as part of my DNA, I'm always looking for really great platforms, really great tools that help brands create content. Um, And when I saw Vine yesterday, I, I downloaded it onto my phone. I tried it out and, you know, at first I was like, this is interesting. But then after a few minutes, I was like, wow, you know, this is really interesting. So, you know, to me, I started to get a little excited, you know, like I, like I do about, um, I'm I'm nerdy enough to get excited about content creation tools, you know, and, and this for me, I was just like, it was a total wow.
0: And the interesting point you made in your article that you aren't really a techie. I mean, I'm a quasi-wannabe techie, so I get excited Mm -hmm. by tech stuff. But I got excited by it too. Now, as as a non-techie and a content content person, why do you feel that Vine is a game-changer for Twitter?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, I think because what it does is, and I wrote about this um, at uh, Marketing Profs yesterday, was – because it, it puts the magic wands into the hands of muggles. You know, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you'll, you'll, um, you'll recognize that analogy. But essentially what I mean is, it allows anybody to create uh, you know, a, a neat little video. Um, And the problem that it solves is that, you know, video is hard, right? (laughs) There are a lot of steps to creating a great video. Um, You know, you have to take, you know, 100 minutes to get a a solid minute and a half of good footage. I mean, that's, you know, that's an exaggeration. But you know what I'm saying, it's hard to do. Um, And so I think what Vine does is it solves that problem of condensing all of those steps into very few steps. You can shoot it and edit it essentially, you know, in, in one one quick take, um, and then publish it and share it. And so, I think it's really interesting because I think it challenges us as brands to really start thinking, you know, visually in in that really super short video format. So, I, th- I think it's tremendous. I think it's really interesting.
0: Is it fair to say that it's, you know, it's going to be the Instagram of video?
4: Um, I do actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's the Instagram of video. But I, I think what Instagram and Vine have in common. You know I, I actually I had a conversation today on Instagram of all places where somebody said, "Well, it's not the same as Instagram at all, and it's like, no, it's not the same because Instagram is photos and Vine is videos. But you know what that what Instagram did for photos, I think Vine will do for videos um in the sense that you know, like I said, it makes it st- super easy to to um to create something that's interesting that kind of borders on art, if you will. Um, it's very intuitive in its design, which I'm sure you as a, as a tech guy could appreciate even more so than, than I can. Um, and, I, and as I, I wrote about yesterday, you know, it's kind of dumb brilliant in its constraints. In other words, it gives everybody the same tools. So if J.J. Abrams, you know, the, was on, a, you know, amazing director, producer, if he was on Vine, he'd have the same tools that I do. Now what he could create from those tools is probably inherently better and richer and more engaging. But that said, you know, we all start in the same place. So I think it, it gives everybody a leg up in, in creating some stuff that's potentially really interesting.
0: Do you think that Twitter will eventually embed some Instagram-type features to create treatments and uh, effects and editing and to be able to sort of, you know, be a bit more creative with the six seconds?
4: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think so, absolutely. I mean, even even as up on Vine as I am, I still think that there are pieces of it that are, are kind of broken, you know, that don't function as well as they could. Um, for example, you can't take a selfie, you know, you can't do a, a self-video because you can't use the, the, um, the self-facing camera on it. I don't know why, right. that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, the fact that you can't put filters on it, I think that could be a really fun feature that they could eventually add. Um, you can't really, uh, you can't really do a whole lot other than, you know, it's, it's almost primitive, I think, in what it offers right now. But you can see that either there would be additional apps that would crop up or, you know, additional features that Twitter would even, you know, imbue into the tool itself. Um, You know, much like we've seen with Instagram, right? I mean, essentially when it came out, it had lots of problems um, and eventually it it kind of worked its way out into something that's been really, you know, fun to play with and it's been an evolution. And I think we'll see that same with Vine. Um, And then, you know, of course there's been the porn problem too and I think they really need to get their their arms around that too <laughs> before before um, people will adopt it widely. But I mean I, I think it's there. I think all the pieces are there. They just need to improve them.
0: So it sounds like you are a big Instagram user. Let me ask you a question. Have you used yeah. Twitter's new filters? Photo uh, filters?
4: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean I'm I'm a uh, I am I, I love Instagram. I think it's another example. Like like I said, I mean, when I joined Instagram two years ago, I was excited about that just the same way that I'm excited about buying now, you know, two years later. And there hasn't been a whole lot of other content creation tools in the middle that I've had, you know, had the same level of excitement toward. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've used Twitter's uh, photography filters a little bit i mean not so much um i mean a general i haven't, I, a haven't pretty, I haven't used yeah. them
0: once which um you yeah know, i i either i either instagram it or i just plain twitter photo it i haven't sort of managed to just you know find that middle ground i don't know if anyone has i'd be interested to know if there are any stats out there but i haven't it doesn't seem to be um that popular
4: yeah, I mean, to me that they seem kind of gratuitous, you know, I mean, one of the things that I think is the hallmark of any good, you know, mobile tool or, or content creation tool or filter or anything like that is that, um, you know, they, they offer clear utility and the, the Twitter thing just seems, um, you know, adding a filter to a Twitter photo seems, you know, at, at best gimmicky and um, and at worst just kind of pointless, you know, I just, uh, it's fun for a moment or two. I did experiment with it, but it's it's nothing I use regularly.
0: Of course, the whole Vine thing comes from a different angle. Instagram, um, you know, builds up its social graph immediately around the photos where Vine, Mm -hmm. because Twitter's a relatively mature social network, the social graph is already in place, so to speak.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. Although there's also some just, you know, you can just within the Vine interface itself, you know, within the app itself, there's also lots of fun sharing going on. Um, so I think, you know, there's the potential to have this kind of parallel universe, if you will. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff is shared through Twitter. But, I mean, I've noticed a lot of people just going to the app and leaving comments there and, and liking there. So um, I do think there's the capacity for that sort of parallel universe. You know, people who will interact on Twitter with the videos and then also, um, you know, people who will just go to the app itself. I mean, clearly, that one of the strengths of it is is Twitter it, itself, you know, just because of that sharing you know capacity, the, the fact that, as you say, it's a mature network and it's already in place and a lot of people already have Twitter followers. So once you bolt on by to that, I mean, that is just exponential, you know. I had a question um, today on, one, on the post, which is like, well, what about all these other services that are, that are you know, have been out there a while? Are these photo sharing services? Um, and I'm totally blanking on the name of, of one of them now, but it's like a 15-second video sharing app. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Uh, uh, no
0: there was an old one a few years ago one of the seismic apps but i don't know if they're referring to that one or or something else yeah. they, uh, i think i think there might be one that's popular with um, the teens etc oh yeah Is actually that,
4: tout what i was thinking about tout so that's right. like it's basically similar to Vine in the sense that, um, you know, you can you can share photos and, I'm sorry, share videos easily, but it's a 15-second format versus Vine's six-second format. Right. Um, so somebody was saying, well, you know, how is it that much different? And I mean, you know, like, as you just pointed to, the difference is Twitter, right? I mean, the fact that there is this huge network that's already built, you know, bolted on to, to Vine. I mean, unless Tout does something incredible as a as a game changer for them, I mean I just don 't see how any of those services can compete right now
0: absolutely, and I think that 's why um, Jack Dorsey apparently was was pretty upset when he he couldn 't buy instagram there 's so mm. much momentum already with Instagram as being a, a a social network unto itself that to recreate that. Um, from scratch would have is hard and is proving to be hard but but there hasn't seemed to be a video equivalent which they uh, was a really smart move on their part.
4: Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, believe me, I was heartbroken when Facebook brought Inst- bought Instagram, you know. <laughs> it's like like you know, it was like your your best friend is marrying that jerk, you know, that's how it felt <laughs> to me. <laughs>
0: Look, I think so. uh, everyone's got its price and for 1 billion dollars, you can almost you can almost forgive them.
4: Oh, no, I totally, I don't blame them at all, but still, there was something that felt a little bit uh, heartbreaking about it for, for me and for a lot of other users. So, um, you know, I'm really happy to to see, I mean, Twitter is just a network that, I mean, I've I've been on there for five years. I, I love Twitter. I think it's just a, a fantastic network, a fantastic, like, social platform. Um, and, you know, similar to Vine, similar to Instagram, very flexible. You know, you can sort of do with it um, what what you want, and um, and it's you know we've seen people do all kinds of things on there, right? I mean, from all, all kinds of really creative uses of it, and so um, that's another another reason why I'm really bullish on Vine and Instagram um, is just the way that it allows you to to sort of adapt it to you know however you want to use it, you know.
0: What do you think about the sort of API wars in the sense of, you know, Instagram and Twitter not playing li- uh, nicely? I was a bit disappointed by that. There's been this whole promise of Web 2.0, which was essentially about mashups and everyone being open. And I, I sort of have the feeling that everyone loses out, including Twitter and Instagram, by, by locking down their ecosystems.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Um, I mean, it's it, it kind of harkens back to what I was just talking about with Twitter uh with Instagram, um, selling to Facebook, you know, I mean, it's the reason why that's so heartbreaking is because you can sort of see how, I mean, you could see it at the time anyway, which is proven true that, you know, they are kind of becoming their own little fiefdoms and they're, they're sort of snatching up, um, the hottest properties in terms of trying to, you know, get the best engagement and, and trying to win at that game. So, you you know, you know, you're right. I mean, I think, I think we all lose in that, in that scenario, but, um, you know, I mean, being what it is, I don't know any other way around it. They're definitely in some sort of API race, you know, <laughs> to try to be the uh, the network of choice.
0: And you said you're a huge Twitter fan. I'm looking at your Twitter account now, which people can go to. It's at Marketing Profs, and we'll, we'll put this all up on the podcast page. But let me ask you, how did you manage to get a verified account? That's uh, We get asked that so often, is Managed Twitter? can you help us get our account verified? It's one of the ultimate status symbols.
4: Is it really? That's it is. so funny.
0: It is. Among certain groups, it's, it's, they would do anything to get the verified account.
4: Wow, that's really funny. Yeah, I wish I had some particular insight for you. Um, but the truth is that one day I went to my Twitter page and <laughs> and there was that little blue. Just check- like magic. Just like magic, it just sort of appeared. Um, I mean, I, d- I don't know. I you know, I'm at Marketing Pros on Twitter. Like I said, I represent a brand on there. Um, I've been doing it for five years, and I guess about uh, maybe a year and a half ago, or so, something like that. Maybe a year. Um, you know, suddenly I got the I got that little verified symbol, and uh, and that was you know that was wonderful. But you know, I mean, I haven't done anything special on Twitter. I didn't apply for anything. You didn't. So. You didn't
0: have to fax them your I DNA know. and uh, your dental not, records uh, and.
4: No, well, I did. I did give them my first child. Are you counting that?
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's, I'm, I'm wondering if some if some people, you know, I, I I joked with a girlfriend last year that if we ever have kids together, we're going to have to call it Twitter because I just love that social network so much. <laughs> she was she nervously if I was joking or not. Nor was I actually, which is a bit scary. Um, why would we? Sorry, go.
4: No, I was just going to say, so you know who my favorite um, account to follow follow on Twitter lately is? Right. at At Honest Toddler. Do you Do you know this? I haven't this, heard uh,
0: of that. I will check that out.
4: Oh wow, it's hilarious! It's pretty much like what I what I was talking before about you know the flexibility of Twitter and what I mean by that really is just the way that it allows all kinds of creativity with that site. Um, so you can have broad application there in the sense that you can make of that platform whatever you want. And so in this situation, um, or in this particular case, we've got this account called at Honest Toddler. And it's it's done anonymously. And it's this anonymous little toddler. It seems like he or she is about two years old. And he's just tweeting his side of the story, you know, <laughs> so, so it's really hilarious, you know, whether you've, uh, you know, whether you have a toddler, or if you've ever been one, you'll find it really hilarious. So it's great stuff.
0: Do you find you still have chats with people explaining why Twitter is so fantastic? I still have these chats regularly with people that going, oh, I don't see the point in Twitter. I don't like Twitter. Twitter's a waste of time. Why do you love Twitter so much? Um, do you still have those conversations?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. Um, I have them with, with brands all the time. But frankly, you know, I have them with people in my family, too, you know. <laughs>
0: so. uh, yeah, the, 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 definitely at the family events. That's, and um, I've just looked up Phil Libin's Twitter account who we had on the, the podcast last week. Who's the CEO of Evernote, and his account is not verified. So the founder uh-huh. and CEO of Evernote is not verified. So um, there, you, there you go, Anne.
4: Wow, that's really interesting. So a a really cool thing happened yesterday on Vine, actually. So uh, last night I was I was, you know, checking into my account and I got a notification that um, Sir Paul McCartney is now following you on Vine. And I was like, what? You know, (laughs) that's crazy. You know, Paul McCartney, ex-Beatle, night musician. Um, And so I don't really
0: get much bigger than that.
4: And I was like, this cannot be true. But apparently it is true because he also cross-posted his... He's cross-posting his Vines to his uh, verified Twitter account, speaking of uh, speaking of Twitter and verification. Um, and so that was like really, really awesome. So talking about feeling a disconnect between, you know, trying to explain to people the significance of Twitter. So I said to my family last night, you know, wow, you know, you cannot believe what happened. You know, Paul McCartney is following me on Vine. And they looked at me blankly and and they said either what's mine? Or my youngest daughter says, who's Paul McCartney?
0: <laughs> that must make you feel a lot older than you are.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I just felt so lonely in my existence at that moment, you know?
0: <laughs> and I know, I know we've only got a few minutes left, but I wanted to ask you quickly, Google Plus, do you use it and your, your uh, immediate thoughts on Google Plus?
4: Yeah, that's funny that you should ask that question because I was I was just having a uh, go around this week on on somebody's blog about that uh, Scott Stratton wrote a post on he's at on marketing um, you may know him and he wrote a post about how Google Plus is ex- inflating their usage numbers basically and it it devolved into or it evolved into a discussion about you know who uses Google Plus um, I'm not really a fan of Google Plus in terms of a social network but you know what I what I hear and I understand the rationale is that it's not as much a social network as much as it is kind of the backbone of, of Google, you know, kind of a place where it becomes uh, their, their social layer in a way, you know, where they can kind of have all of their products, if you will, um, represented. So, you know, in that way, I, I understand it. But in terms of, you know, just a, a network, a place to interact, um, I'm, I'm not much of a fan you know to me it's it's kind of like a, a poorly funded nursing home you know i show up there and there's a couple people who are like hanging out in the game room and like having a good time but
0: most people that is a very that's a very interesting analogy you're making
4: most people are just sort of sitting around slack jawed what are we doing here what is this all about you know and, and so to me that's that's what google plus is as a network again
0: We've got some interesting stats because we've got a feature where people can integrate their Google Plus into their Twitter account. And I actually checked it for the first time in, in a few months yesterday and consistently nearly every single month on the public post side of things. So not on the closed post side of things, but on the public post side of things, the post per user has been dropping every single month, and that's based on a, on a pretty big sample size. I'll just pull it up now, but it's uh, based on thousands and thousands of people. So as a as a social network in the way that we understand it, in a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it, it definitely has not lived up to its promise, although Google will probably say that wasn't the aim of it in the first place, um, which... Not sure if that was true or not, but uh, it does seem to be giving them a whole heap of demographics that's useful to them.
4: Right, exactly, and that was sort of my point. You know, whether that was the goal all along, you know, or whether that's just you know whether whether they're sort of pivoting in the sense that oh well, that was never our our intention anyway was to create a social network in the in the in the kind of model of a Facebook or a Twitter or you know even a Pinterest or anything like that. Um, although, I mean, I, I would argue that it probably was because they put a lot of features in there, like for example, you know, upgrading their um, their visuals, you know, so that their their visual sharing um that the the ability to show photos and everything there was that much more dynamic you know so i mean they they seem to be doing some things to attract users and and give it more of a facebook sharing kind of feel you know facebook network kind of feel but to me, it just haven't, hasn't lived up to that. I mean, it's, it's probably my least favorite social network, and that's saying a lot because I'm not really that fond of Pinterest either. But <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's,
0: it's interesting, though, you know, how, how significant a company's DNA is. And, and Google just can't shake that engineering DNA. They just, they just can't sort of get over that, that chasm into the social network DNA that Facebook and Twitter have done so well.
4: Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's funny because, you know, I I I I wanted to like it. You know, I wanted to to like that network because I I think it's really it's beautiful the way that, you know, it's integrated with my email, for example, and with YouTube and and everything else. Um, but it's just it's just not there for me.
0: It's so there, there's some there's something a little bit too complicated about it. There's just oh. there's just if I find it a little bit tricky to get my head around, it's you know, I think I think the beauty of Twitter and Facebook is that non-technical people uh, love it very quickly. Um, I'm just looking at the stats here. Yeah, January 2013, only 0.22 public posts per Google Plus per day, whereas August 2011, it was 0.49 public posts per day. So that was when Google Plus just came out um so and it's been dropping since august 2011.49 right down to 0.22 and this is based on mm. thousands of uh, thousands of plus accounts so mm. it's definitely uh the stats that we have um so we've got 26,312 people um so that's a pretty decent sample size
4: that's a pretty decent sample size yeah that's interesting.
0: Anne, thank you very much for your time. Anne Handley, the Chief Content Officer of Marketing Profs. You can follow her at Marketing Profs. We'll put it up on the um, It's a Monkey page. I will be waiting to follow you on my Vine. I'm waiting for the Android version. I have had confirmation from one of the Twitter execs that they are working frantically on an Android version. So I'm waiting for that and then we'll definitely Vine each other.
4: Awesome. That's great. Yes. Well, Kevin, this was really, really fun. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Appreciate your time. Hopefully we'll talk to you again about something in the social media landscape. You bet. Thanks, Anne. Bye-bye. All
4: right. Talk soon. Bye.
0: You're back with Kevin Garber and James Peter. Um, and that was Anne Handley talking about Vine. I tend to agree with her that Vine is a game changer. Me too.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great. And I, I think it's I think it's really interesting. Just just the whole product experience is very, it's very innovative in uh, in ways that we don't often see in a lot of new products these days.
0: And um, Jeff Jarvis, who's who's a um, you know Twitter content guy, he he tweeted out something negative earlier today. Hmm. I'll just I'll, about Vine saying that you know uh, they're just going to be as. I'm paraphrasing, but just as meaningless and as annoying as animated gifts and it's just a toy. And again, I think a lot of significant things start out being just a toy.
1: Yeah, I mean I think I think the major difference is um is really in the is really in the is in the ability to curate that content and the actual content generation. Um, as um as Anne says in in her article, um it's really you know a lot of existing traditional video video editing tools are really complex, they're very time consuming, whereas Vine has this incredibly simple process. It's just you know hold your hold your finger on the screen when you want to record, no editing has to be chronological. It's all those limitations that actually make the experience really simple and um, and innovative and easy to use. It's uh, it's really great, and I think that that ability to easily create content means that people will be grading content much more frequently than they would be i mean i if i wanted to go out and create a animated gif of something i've got to go record the video i've got to i've got to edit it i've got to put it in the right format i've got to find conversion tools there's all kinds of steps in that process that really have a huge barrier to entry whereas uh something like vine really lowers that uh so much further that you know that's that's really where the, the value comes from um, and of course, you have got the the sound integrated as well. So it gives you this very, very unique experience that we haven't actually had uh, available before.
0: Let me ask you a question: Why don't you use Instagram? I not I
1: did used to use Instagram when it was new right. <laughs> and exciting. So maybe that's why I'm using Vine now because it's new and exciting. For I've got bored of it. But um,
0: but I guess you you're not a content creation kind of guy.
1: No, I mean I, I do. I mean, to be honest, I don't. I think I just don't post to social networks that much anymore, and if I do, I tend to as an afterthought. So I tend to take the pictures first, and then I think, mm. "Oh, this would be nice to post." Whereas I think there's an element of you have to sort of come in expecting that that's what you're what you're going to do. So you, I might use Instagram if I already thought I was going to post it to Twitter or Facebook.
0: Um, it's interesting the different, because I'm a, like a content guy. I'm like, I, I think the opposite. Mm. I see something, I see a awesome sunset at the beach, and um, I don't think, wow, awesome sunset at the beach. I go, wow, I'm sure my Instagram friends would love to mm-hmm. see that. So, you know, I I'd use Instagram. I probably post you know, about five a week, maybe 10 a week on Instagram. Mm. I mean, there's
1: some value in 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 the filters on Instagram. I mean, there's definitely that element of taking photos and be able to make make them really look very nice, very easily. And I think Vine has a lot of those same qualities, and that you can make an interesting video very quickly with very little effort. Um, you know, that that's really. Um, yeah, it's very, very similar to the way Instagram works.
0: And I tweeted one of the Twitter execs that I've met up with and about, you know, Android and he confirmed, he said, yep, it's in the pipeline. So, which is pretty obvious. I'm sure they would be. Yeah. Um, a bit surprised and a little bit disappointed. They didn't launch mm-hmm. with both at the same time, but I think they acquired a company that had some existing tech probably.
1: Mm. And I they, think, yeah, they built out an iPhone and it would have been a lot of extra work to get the Android out. So.
0: Yeah, well, look, um, I think we're going to tell very shortly whether Vine is going to be successful or not and bring a whole new bunch of those Twitter users in. Um, I mean, Twitter's some new stats came out. Twitter are now 280 million mm. regular tweeters. They were 200 million. Um, so they're heading towards a 300 million. That's still a long way off of Facebook's billion. Mm.
1: but It's not bad considering the, the length of time Twitter's been around. Still definitely on the same path.
0: Yeah, and um, it might be a bit – you know, it is more of a um, medium that takes a little bit more time to get your head around. Yeah. The the, the barrier to to digest what it's about is a lot – it's a lot more subtle than Facebook. And the other thing is,
1: I mean, uh, Facebook's obviously a closed ecosystem and you only get value out of it when you are a user. Whereas Twitter, you can actually – because it's public by default – You um, you get a lot of value out of it just by consuming the tweets. I mean, many more people see the content coming from Twitter potentially than they would from Facebook because you know it's just disputed everywhere, TV and, uh, and uh, online and other websites. So,
0: Do you still have the conversations with people of like, why should I join Twitter or what's Twitter about or oh, I'm not going to join Twitter because I'm not interested in um, knowing what people eat for lunch?
1: Mm, Not not
0: particularly. I mean, I think
1: a lot of people have probably made the decisions already whether they're going to join these social networks or not. I mean, I think most people I talk to know of Twitter and understand what it is. But, um, yeah, I don't.
0: Do you? I I still have – not as many as I used to. I mean, Mm. around 2008, um, 2009, I would have a lot of those conversations. Mm. Every friend that would come into my apartment, it was sort of standard that somehow I'd land up showing them Twitter and – But I still, it still surprises me that I do that I do have some of those conversations. So I I think we somehow, I think we still take it for granted a little bit how how enmeshed in technology we are compared to um, a a lot of people.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So coming up in the over the next few weeks, we've got some great guests lined up. They are still tentative, but I'm I'm happy to announce sort of you know broadly what they are we're hoping to have someone from YAMA on the show yamma of course being the the enterprise social network we use a lot here internally at 89n manage flitter um, we're hoping to get someone from branch which is one of the the sexier higher profile startups that has some some great investors including some of the twitter guys um, we're going to be talking about um, the changing nature of education um, going to have a chat about some seo Um, you know where's SEO in 2013 so we've got some different topics lined up and um, if there are any topics you'd like to hear about tweet us email us if you are someone who think you'd be interesting to interview and chat to on the show let us know um, this podcast does get tweeted out to to over one hundred and thirty thousand people on our managed Flutter twitter account you know, so we do have have quite a few listeners so uh, and we are keeping up the schedule of every two weeks we are working hard to keep up that schedule so every two weeks you 're going to have a new podcast from up if you haven 't subscribed on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes so that it just downloads automatically. And if you can give us a rating on iTunes, um, that will really help us get up in the ranks. I believe we're also on some of the other platforms, Stitcher, which is a, a an audio content platform. Um, there's that other platform, um, which is the one that's, that always scrapes our sites. And SoundCloud? It's, no, it's not SoundCloud. mm mm-hmm. Anyway, we, we, we're on a One few of, of the, <laughs> you, you know, your favorite uh, content platform and um, stay in touch with us. So thanks for listening to episode 12 of the It's a Monkey podcast and we'll be back in two weeks um, with a new episode. So uh, until next time, it's goodbye from myself, Kevin. And um, goodbye from you. Thanks for listening. Bye.